The first rule of Fight Club Minute is we do talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club Minute is we do talk about Fight Club. The third rule of Fight Club Minute, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the minute is over. Fourth rule, only one guest to a minute. Fifth rule, one minute at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirt, no shoes. Seventh rule, minutes will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first time listening to Fight Club Minute, enjoy the show. I am Jack's 38th minute. I start with no neighbors, just warehouses and a paper mill, and I end with a large crowd surrounding a fight. I'm your host, Bubweet, and hey guys, it's cool, though my co-host Lance Stanford is out this week. But joining me is someone who doesn't mind a warm, stale refrigerator, Robert Smith. How are you doing today? Hey, how's it going, man? Glad to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, good to have you back. And you know, I, I like to have a little fun on our Wednesday episodes. And so I I have to ask you, if you had to fight any celebrity, living or dead, who would it be? Uh, you know, I, I knew that this was coming. So I had to I think and think and think and think. Um, I, I finally landed on Elmo. Um, <laughs> I hate, 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 you know, that, that little red bastard. He, I don't know if it's the voice or just the fact that he became so big. And this was, this was long before the whole Kevin clash. Who's, who's the puppeteer for on like, this is long before those mm-hmm. allegations. It doesn't really have anything to do with that. Like I, what happened to Grover, you know, Bert and Ernie, th- those guys were real Muppets. <laughs> and then here comes this little red fur ball and he's everywhere. He's like, Maybe it's a little bit of trauma because growing up, you know, I, I worked at Walmart. I was a part of Black Friday for the whole Tickle Me Elmo nonsense. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But I would beat the bricks off of Elmo given the chance. <laughs> yeah, I I have a, a two-year-old and she she loves Elmo. Like, it, it's it's not like a hundred percent we kind of rotate between I, I think four or five different kids shows and but elmo is one that that she really loves like we we put on some uh sesame street for her we've kind of gone back and forth between some of the really classic and uh you know some of the the more recent stuff but she just almost immediately gravitated to elmo and it it's it's crazy i i don't have i mean i i can understand the hate for elmo but uh he doesn't bother me that much i i think he's not that bad of a character other than i i can understand that the voice and the talking in the third person but there there are some fun stuff like i i like the weird um the weird animosity that he has towards uh i think it's zoe's pet rock rocco and anytime she refers to rocco as her pet and the things that he can do elmo will just reply but rocco's just a rock (laughs) and so that's that's fun but i i can understand the hate so i i'll give you that yeah it's it's 
deep sea. We we dodged a bullet with all of our kids to where they never really dug on Barney. They never really dug on Elmo. Um, and to, you know, to our credits, because we didn't really show it to them. You know, more power to your kids and the kids that love them. I I get it. But yeah, just no. He he replaced my Grover, and Grover will always be the best. <laughs> Although I will say, in terms of uh, you know, kids kids programming, and I and I'm sure that anybody that's that's seen it, you know, I'm not telling them anything new. But uh, Bluey is oh. you know is one of the the best kids programmings ever. I mean, it's it is so entertaining to watch. See, why can't we just grow up like we did watching Blazing Saddles? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, but, you know, let's go ahead and jump into today's minute. All right, and, let's do it. And of course, we kick things off with like one of the most Tyler introductions, just grilling, just toasting a piece of bread over an open uh, gas burner. <laughs> on the stove at least he's using a camping iron though you know it's it's not just holding the bread over the fire he, he is you know he's using the proper utensil yeah i i couldn't tell because i mean it's yeah just looking at it you can't really tell if it's just a a fork stuck into a bread or a spatula or, or exactly what it is but yeah if it's a, a camping iron that's Oh, I stand corrected. I'm sorry. I just look back at the movie. Every time I've seen this, I took the thickness of it being a, a square camping toaster, you know, uh, iron on it. But yeah, I think you're right. I think he's literally just, that's just the bread. My apologies. Yeah, it, it looks like a piece of Texas toast. It, it is a yes. really thick piece of bread. Yep, you can see the rest of it in the background. That, that's what that is. I've, mm -hmm. I've lived a lie all these times. <laughs> yeah, but it's great. And you can kind of, tell that you know it, it's got that that nice open flame where it's it's definitely more blackened than brown uh, so you know that he's probably not getting the most even of cooks on it oh yeah that, that's, probably... that's definitely mushy in the middle that's that's some mushy bread yeah and we don't get a good look at it yet but uh we can see that tyler is wearing the the pink bathrobe with the coffee cups on it so that we'll get a better look a little bit later on in the movie mm -hmm. and we have this description of the you know the industrial area the the fart smell of steam and the hamster cage smell of wood chips and i i actually ha have a memory of living you know somewhat near like not right next to it but i i lived kind of on the um you know the the edge of the the rural subdivision mm -hmm. and uh you know i as a kid we would kind of go to the edge and we would be right near like we would kind of uh there's like a basically like a little woods that we would go to at the end of a dead end and that would kind of go to the industrial area which was just like you know, less, maybe just a quarter mile away. And I don't know what the plant was. I don't know if it was a paper mill or something else, but when I've, anytime the wind was blowing in the right direction and that factory was going, the entire L air just had this 
this weird smell to it. <laughs> and it's it's one of those smells that you can't really describe other than to say that it was unique and not really that pleasant. Yes. Yep. I, you know, I, I grew up in, in Lima, Ohio. And uh, when we lived near the outskirts, depending on which way the wind was blowing, you were either getting the the sulfur and just pollution smell from the oil refinery, or you were getting the the pig poop smell from all the farms off the other side. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we spent a lot of time indoors because uh, not not a lot of people where I grew up uh, have have good lungs after you know breathing BP air for for that long. Yeah, I I think you know I after we moved <clears throat> and right before I left my parents uh, left living with my parents, they, they moved to a house that was far enough away that we couldn't smell it outside, but we lived not that far from like a water processing plant. So anytime that that we would leave, uh, you know, just driving about half a mile, we would always drive past the the water processing plant, and and that <laughs> that had a smell. And I was glad that we that we only had to pass it in the car pretty much any time we left, rather than ha having to smell it from the house. In, ca in case you're ever wondering, folks, where it goes after you flush it. <laughs> yeah, and then of course we get this this moment back out in the parking lot of Lou's Tavern. Mm. And this would be, you know, most likely within the first week or two, this, you know, if I had to guess, I would say that this is maybe, you know, the third or fourth uh, fight, possibly even the, the second uh, that uh, Jack and Tyler are having out in the parking lot. Because I, I think even though they haven't officially like made it a club yet, I I think that they're still doing the, the like, I think they just go out to Loose Tavern once a week, like on Saturdays. That's, that's their thing. And I, I was curious as, as I watched this again, just what the time lapse was as well, because to, to take just a step back to the, the robes, um, you know, Ed Norton's wearing this nicer plaid robe and the way the movie's cut, it just seems like, okay, well, he, they went to the paper street house, he turned on the shower to take a shower. And then this is the morning after, but that's a really nicer robe than what I would think that Tyler would, would have. So does he just have a second robe or was there a time lapse and he's had time to go and buy a robe that fits him a little bit more? Like he, he didn't want the, the pink fuzzy robe for himself. Uh, I mean, that's, I think if I had to guess, I would say that that might be a part of his luggage, like that, that he had with him on the plane, because that's, you know, his, his apartment problem. was destroyed, but right. he, he did come from a work trip, so he did have a small amount of luggage that was not destroyed. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's something that Jack packed himself. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. And then, yeah, as you said, when, when they're coming out of the bar, the first thing that I noticed, as well as the two guys are walking out the front door, is one of the main lights for the entire scene is coming from a payphone. And, uh, I mean... Do you want to just take a moment and let the kiddos out there even know that you know, in a time in a time before Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi everywhere, and the the prevalence of cell phones, we growing up actually had phones strewn throughout the city that you could just make calls for a, a cab, which for you kiddos is what an Uber used to be called too, <laughs> and 
you know, you had to actually pay to use this phone. You'd have to input change, which for you kiddos out there are the little coins that we used to use before our cashless society. <laughs> and, and here's the kicker. You know, the phone was actually tied to itself with a cord. And so my, my dad, uh, he worked for the phone company for like 30 years. He worked, he worked for United Telephone and then became Sprint. And anyways, my, my parents have on their living room wall to this day, one of the old, old school Ma Bell phones, you know, has the, you crank the bells and alert the operator and they have to tap them into wherever you're trying to call. And I, I only know what this thing is because I had older parents. So I grew up watching Lassie and things like that. But my mm. kids were always fascinated with what the hell this thing was sitting on grandma and grandpa's wall. And we'd have to explain to them, like, it's a phone. That's how we used to make phone calls. So I can't imagine the leap of logic when people are watching some of these things. Like, kids nowadays don't even know what a payphone is. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, that's just the way things go. I mean, technology evolves and. <clears throat> yeah, we're not that I mean, old. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling myself that we're not that old. Well, in, in the digital age, technology seems to, to evolve quicker than in the past, where That's before it would take you know 50 to 100 years for new technology to spread. And now it's like, you know, five years. Yeah. What's the what's the common like technology doubles? It was like every 18 months or something like that. Something like that. But I, I feel like I heard that that technology actually has been starting to slow down again, at least in certain areas. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, peek behind the curtain. Like, I'm literally sitting here at a desk talking to my iPhone with cordless headphones in. So, I mean, it's it's here, guys. Yeah. And so, again, I've, I feel like we have to take a step back and talk about the, the reality of this moment. Of these <laughs> three guys walking up to this fight. And as shown in, in the movie, it's a fight between Jack and Tyler, but in reality, it's a fight with Edward Norton just beating himself up. I'm kicking <laughs> <checking> my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you you can you can't argue that I, I think it, it would still be human nature for these guys to be interested in a fight between two people and come up to see what's going on. But I think it's it's definitely much more. Uh, I think they would be much more likely to kind of crowd around and want to know what's going on if with just one crazy guy punching himself in the stomach. And, and I I would kind of argue the other the the other. So you know I I growing up I had my bar days. You know full disclosure. And who, you know, who hasn't been at a bar and saw a fight break out and you want to be, you know, you want to circle around and watch it. But I, I would argue that if I saw somebody kicking his own ass, I'm probably going to give him a little bit more room. <laughs> you know, I, I would watch it from the doorway. I wouldn't necessarily go towards him because I don't know what this guy, if he's doing that to himself, what could he possibly want to do to me if I showed up? You know, maybe he's just practicing and he's just waiting for somebody to show up so he can get into the real fight, you know, but I, I don't know. I would I would probably give that guy some more room if he was just kicking his own ass. <laughs> yeah, and I I could see that, but I mean, these guys are 
you know they're leaving the bar so they they've definitely been drinking and mm. they're it's it's three of them so i think worst case scenario they're thinking well three against one uh, they they have the numbers to back him up and edward norton it, especially at this point does not seem like a very physical guy yeah, he's he's a little guy. That's fair. He he doesn't he hasn't go into full blown Hulk yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then we jump to this moment with Jack and his black eye standing next to his boss at the the urinal at work. Yes, I, I want to point out it is a very very nice touch that they actually cut from him pissing to it pissing rain outside. I think that's intentional. <laughs> Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if if that was the case, but I just absolutely love like I mean it, it's just you know three four seconds, of, like maybe five seconds at this urinal, but the two actors are able to convey so much personality just with these two looks, because Jack's boss. You know, he just gives the the casual look over to him and sees the black eye. And then Jack looks back at him and like and he's whistling and he like keeps looking at him like it's at least for a urinal, even though it's like only two seconds, it feels like an extended stare. Yes. And and that makes the boss do do a double take. And then uh, Edward Norton does this great like shifty eye move before <laughs> turning his head back to to look straight at the wall in front of him. Well, to be fair, I mean, the, the boss deserves that uncomfortable feeling because he's breaking the bro code. You know, when you're standing at a urinal, you don't you don't look over. That's that, you just yeah. don't do that. Yeah. But I mean, just just the whole eyes darting back and forth right before <laughs> he looks back at the wall is just fantastic. You know, is it is it going through his brain? Is he saying, "Do you think he noticed?" <laughs> yeah, and that's I I think I talked about it already, but uh, that goes back to one of the the original original impetus for Chuck Palahniuk to write this write Fight Club as a novel in the first place mm-hmm. was uh, he talks about that that he got uh, mugged. Uh, one weekend and he had a black eye and then he went to his regular office job the next day and not a single person commented on his black eye it's like they everybody was just actively ignoring it and so that kind of gave him the idea of you know what if you're in a fight club and you're coming into work with all these mysterious bruises and injuries and coming into this office office space job and nobody ever comments on it because it's that's not office code right yeah it's you know not to get too deep of a topic on it but i mean it it really speaks to like victim culture to where you know here these poor people are obviously going through something but it's easier for everybody else to just kind of ignore it and and look the other way and pretend it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. yeah it's and it's also like a, a commentary on the impersonal nature of a lot of office jobs like for, for a lot of people you know the those are all your co-workers there there are definitely some offices where the people you work with become your friends and and you have you know you go out for drinks but there's also the the other places where you have a lot of people that 
you know, that everybody there is your coworker and you're there to do your work and then go home. And you might have a, a, you know, small talk with them, but as as soon as you step outside the office doors, they no longer exist to you. Right. There's a, there, there's a level of proprietary, proprietary there. Yeah. Uh, And then we have this, you know, another great shot of the exterior of the Paper Street House that I mentioned on Monday that really gives it like a gothic horror vibe because it's it's night, it's raining, and it's this low angle shot uh, looking straight up at the, the brick fireplace uh, as it goes down to the basement. Yeah, it almost has like a, an Amityville feeling to it. It could easily be, yeah. be put back in that, into that movie, especially with the, the dual windows, uh, symmetrical windows off to the side. Mm-hmm. And then we get this moment in the basement with, you know, like shin high water in the basement and Tyler Durden unscrewing the the fuse from the fuse box, which I, this was before I became uh, um, like more electrically inclined, but I definitely remember my childhood home uh, that I grew up in uh, up to about a, a teen where we had a fuse box that had these screw-in fuses uh, mm-hmm. rather than the circuit breakers. Yep. Yeah, Go, going back to the last minute when I talked about doing renovations on houses, that's that's one of the things when you first walk in, you just go, oh, no. When you see the screw-in <laughs> fuses, or, or even worse, the knob and tube, you know, even older than that, uh, mm-hmm. you just you, you just add, add zeros to what you think this place is going to cost to renovate because you're going to have to rip out everything. But yeah, those are, those are scary, scary sites in these types of houses. I would definitely, I don't want to mess with those things in a dry situation, um, let alone staying in, in, you know, knee high water. Yeah. And, and I definitely, <laughs> you know, I, this, this kind of reminds me of, of one time whenever I was a stupid kid and uh, one that's kind of played with electricity more than I should have. And yeah, there was a time I I had like a uh, an electric, not it wasn't it it was, uh, like it, it wasn't like a fully electric blanket. It was, but it was like a heated comforter. Um, but it was like a fitted sheet. So it was, uh, the the heated element was underneath me rather than over the top, and mm. it had like a, a two pronged outlets, like right at right near the head of the bed. And like one time it, it came loose and like, I uh, like stuck my finger right in the gap without realizing yeah. it. And, and you just closed the gap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it didn't give me it's, it was one of those like low level shocks where it was just tingly. Uh, so it wasn't and I didn't at the time you know I was probably like maybe six or seven so I, I didn't realize that I was <laughs> getting electrocuted it's just like oh that's that's weird and right. so why, I why, why can't I pull my finger back <laughs> well it, it wasn't that because because like I was able to take you know it it, it just was like a, a low level shock I you know I oh. I completed the circuit but it wasn't I, I have you know I don't think like I'm not sure how it worked, but there was enough resistance that you know I wasn't getting the the full 120, or you know it it was because it was just there was enough resistance in my finger that it it 
that it didn't completely short it out. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it just made my finger to feel tingly. And so of course, as a seven-year-old, the, uh, the, my brilliant idea was to go grab a screwdriver and see what would happen <laughs> if I put a screwdriver <laughs> across that gap. And that made a big spark and blew, I, I think, at least one, if not two or three fuses in the house. Um, as the parent, you have to say, what did you learn? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think I full on just hid that screwdriver, that's, you know, now charred screwdriver. And I just like, you know, played dumb. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now... <laughs> You know, you would think that I would know better, but I have definitely, you know, not not to that level, but I have uh, made some sparking happen through my through my work on more than one occasion. That uh, that hasn't caused me any injury, thankfully, but uh, I, I have caused some damage to some electrical equipment. Well, it's it's good for that, but you know that's. That's there so that we we have a, a nice healthy fear of it when we're when we're dealing with it, you know. Absolutely. So seeing um, seeing this um, spark the the sparks flying all this stuff, I, I had a question for for you, the the expert. So we have so many shots in this movie of Tyler wearing kind of outlandish things and 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 humorous but yet iconic things. Him being a nihilist. I get why he would stand in water and, and deal with electricity, but do you think that they missed an opportunity to have him wearing big blue galoshes? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would definitely be a fun part of the outfit. Although I feel like the the water is deep enough because it's it does go like mid shin. That if he mm -hmm. was wearing like he, he would have to be wearing like waders because if he was just wearing like galoshes fair. i think they would be fully underneath the water that's fair all right fair enough and i am and it is great that he, he is wearing this like um you know the the uh big woolen winter hat with the the ear flaps mm -hmm. for no but a shirt but a uh you know a button-down shirt with no undershirt so and it's just wide open so he's got his bare chest but this well, winter I mean, hat to be fair if, if i had 37 abs like brad pitt does in this shot i would walk around with my shirt open and and you know regardless of what the weather is outside <laughs> yeah and i also liked in in the commentary they they mentioned this moment and they were saying yeah Ty, tyler's the type of person that he thinks you know if i just do it really fast i'll be faster than the electricity <laughs> and i won't get shocked <laughs> I am speed. <laughs> yes. And then we end this minute with another shot outside of Lou's Tavern, and we see that this crowd has grown much larger. And this this also gives, um, well, I think it's that we get this timeline update still in the basement where Jack says, after a month, I didn't miss TV. So we've know we know that it's gone at least a month at this point, right? Yeah, and and seeing this crowd, the the as I have a pause right here in front of me, the very first thing I noticed there's one guy squatting at the at the foreground, 
there's one guy literally sitting down on a damp bar parking lot and i who i just like who who does that because like one like i get you know like if you're like kneeling down on your knees and you have to walk around with wet knees for a little bit that's that's fine but like one who does that to where you have to walk around the rest of the night with a with a wet ass and your in your jeans but two like this is the pavement of a bar parking lot and i you know again i won't go into too much detail but i know the things i've personally seen and done on bar parking lots and it's a little rainwater is the least of that guy's worries so <laughs> i'm wondering what the hell this guy was thinking well he was probably thinking that oh the the rain washed away all the uh the you know all the worst of what was on there beforehand and he probably just uh, picked a high spot that that was only slightly damp so if he sits uh, there long enough it'll just dry up i i hope for this guy's sake and and the future of his children that uh that that is the case <laughs> uh and then that that wraps up this minute you know we just see uh you know it, it's tyler fighting some random random guy which i, yeah, I don't I, think this is any of the i don't think this is any character that gets uh that we really see again or is is credited as anybody that's that i know of right and, and to see the growth on i mean he's fighting some random guy which means that you know he's past the kick in his own ass phase you know do you, how how long in that month do you think it took for him to to find somebody else to to kind of fight with him well i'm i mean you, there's got to be a lot of conjecture but that this is um well i guess we'll talk about it a bit more on friday yeah, we'll yeah, that's great yeah um but yeah that this moment we just see that that they are attracting a crowd and it is becoming it's starting to become something else it is a spectacle yeah uh and then that's that's all the notes that i have for this minute do you have anything else for minute 38 uh, no i think i think we're good on this one all right well thank you again for joining me today and all this week and once again why don't you take a moment to let everybody else know where you can be found online Sure. Thank you. And, and thank you for having me this week. Um, so I'm, I'm Robert Smith. I'm the, the host of Support Your Local Podcast. Um, you can find us wherever you find all your favorite uh, podcasts. Uh, we currently do three different shows. Uh, one is uh, Support Your Local Podcast, where we go over classic Westerns one chapter at a time. We've already done uh, Support Your Local Sheriff. We've done uh, The Quick and the Dead. We've done El Dorado. Uh, stay tuned for what will be coming off that. And then we just launched Just a Damn Minute, uh, where I'm going over Jean-Claude Van Damme movies one minute at a time. Uh, it's my first true foray into the Movies by Minutes uh, format, so wish me luck. Um, but we are starting off there with Bloodsport. And then we also just launched RTS Random Reviews, where me and my buddy Shizzy go over a random movie from my DVD collection uh, one at a time and, and give it give it the go. But uh, again, you can find that wherever you find all of your favorite podcatchers. Or you can find us directly at supportyourlocalpodcast.com. And as always, I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me on all the social media at Bubba Wheat. And you can find my co-host, Lance Stanford. He is everywhere on social media as The Night Nerd. And uh, this podcast, Fight Club Minutes, can be found on all the available podcatchers out there. 
We're also a part of the Rabbit Hole Podcasting Network, and you can find that and all sorts of other great shows at rabbitholepodcasts.com. And we are also still holding a contest right now. If uh, we would love to get some more reviews, the the main one is still Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a uh, written review, take a screenshot of that and email it to us at fightclubminute at gmail.com. If we hit 25 reviews and, uh, you know, if... We'll also include, I think there's good pods. I, I think there's also a couple other ones out there that do still allow the written reviews. Uh, if you do that and send us a screenshot, uh, we will give one lucky winner a copy of the graphic novel Fight Club 2. Uh, so we'd really uh, love to increase our presence, uh, you know, get our numbers up, uh, bump us up on that search algorithm with some additional reviews. Uh, if if you like what we hear, we'd love to hear from you. You can also send us uh, any and all feedback at that email address as well. And uh, until next time, this has been Fight Club Minute, and this podcast is ending one minute at a time. Every time it rained, we had to kill the power. By the end of the first month, I didn't miss TV. Um, Agent Ryan? Agent The Vern? The Rabbit Hole Podcast team has asked us to return back to the town of Twin Peaks to go over all the case files. Are you ready? Have we been asked to cover the case files of the groundbreaking series created by David Lynch and Mark Frost? The same one. We will be discussing in detail every episode from all three seasons of the show. Including the plot of every character, not just the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. Exactly. We'll also dive into why the show became such a phenomenon in the 90s and how it still influences shows today. Will we discuss the feature film Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me? You know, that may be our longest season yet. So check Tales from the Double R on Anchor, Spotify, Good Pods, or listen to us at rabbitholepodcast.com. Now, let's order some coffee and a piece of that amazing pie.